Hey guys, just want to say thank you so much to everyone. Thank you everybody for your love and support. I have never felt more love in my life. We are after our little announcement. We are over the moon uh, and incredibly grateful for all of your love and support on our posts on our Instagram. Um, just everywhere, really. <laughs> and all the, the baby dust you sent me, it finally paid off. It Carrying did. little MB Faulkner on board. June yep. next year, yeah, uh, we are bopping thrilled. around like nobody's business. I love it. Won't so stay still bopping. for a scan, so <laughs> I can only imagine that's what our future holds. <laughs> but thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we just we just can't thank you enough. We are over the moon, and we hope that you guys enjoy today's episode. Enjoy. Eventually they transferred it, but they they laboured so hard to find the cervix and get it in exactly the right position. <laughs> Sounds like we're similar, Sal. They struggled to find my cervix too. I know. <laughs> Runs I in know. the family. <laughs> oh my. It must be some sort of genetic thing. Thanks. It's like a maze up there or something. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> the Faulkner maze. Hi, I'm Hayley. And I'm Fiona. And welcome to What the IVF. This is a very special episode. It is a very special episode. It is our very first interview. We have our very first guest on the show. And lucky enough to join us tonight, we have my own sister, my big sister, Sally Cooper. Yay! Yay. Insert applause. Hi, guys. (laughs) Hi, Sal. How are you going? How are you? I'm good. That's really good, thanks. How's Radelaide? Radelaide is rad, as you <laughs> could imagine. Um, we don't have the same sort of um, restrictions you guys have got in New South Wales and down in Victoria, so we are very excited to You're be living, living here. Living free life. How yeah. good. I want we that are. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today, Sal. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Awesome. Well, let's get stuck into this, hey, babe? Yeah. Well, I guess a lot of people have probably heard me talk about my sister, who I do refer to you a lot throughout the podcast. You're kind of famous (laughs) already. Um, Oh, wow. Hopefully in a good way. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I guess we've brought you on because, you know, I just think it's incredible that you've been through 10 rounds, which you've got two beautiful babies, um, which is amazing. Gussie and Annabelle. Gussie and Annabelle. And yes. oh, I should know this. How old are they off the top of the thing? I can't remember. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, you Annabelle are a terrible is 17 girl. months and Angus is almost six. Oh, my God. Oh. They've grown up too quickly. Little bumpkins. I know. So quickly. Oh. They yeah. are divine. We'll post a picture of them, obviously, on the gram so oh, people yeah. can relate because yes. they are absolute heaven. They are actual heaven. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> You're biased, auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, well, you know, obviously Fee mentioned you've been through 10 rounds of IVF. So let's go back to the very start of that. Okay. So Ben and I met back when I was 24 and fresh-faced. Um, <laughs> Still fresh-faced. Still fresh. Well, thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> don't feel it always with two kids now, but um, that's another story. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so by the time we were 25, we had moved in together um, and I think I went off the pill when I was about 23, so we were always a little bit careful but not 100% careful. However, I never fell pregnant when we had an accident or anything like that. So that was not concerning but it was just like, oh, well, it didn't happen so 
that's okay. Um, by the time we were 27, we got engaged. And then at 28, we thought, oh, you know what? If we have kids soon, that's awesome. So we'll start trying, but not trying actively, if you know what I mean, like not yes, trying yeah. to put my legs up in the air to keep it all in and all that sort of stuff that you do. I've yep. been there, done um, that, didn't work. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it's, it's a mess, I'm sure of it. Um, <sighs> so by the time we were 29, we decided, okay, we're going to actively try now. And so that meant, for example, the first month we'd do it every single day of the month and then the next month if that hadn't worked, we'd try every second day of the month and then third month every third day and we would try every combination you can imagine He's every position kind of you can right imagine <laughs> oh my gosh poor Ben just wanted he would see me coming and he would run the other way like, oh not again not again just <laughs> give me a break woman <laughs> and I'm like seriously we need to crack on TikTok oh. um, this is so, so much. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was went on for quite some time, about four years of actively trying. Wow. Oh, I ben. know. And broken by the ben. time, <laughs> poor broken Ben. <laughs> he was probably like, "Let's just do IVF." <laughs> yes. I know. I'm. I'm not sure why we didn't start sooner, but I mean, we were having the most amazing years traveling and doing all sorts of fantastic stuff. So we're like, you know what? I'd always planned first baby was meant to come at 30, second one was coming at 32, the third was coming at 34. Oh, that's and the dream, none, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was the dream and my perfect happy family, which didn't happen. Um, but I have no regrets um, because we did so much cool stuff in those four years. Um, and then when I was 34, we decided we'd do IVF and give that a go and see if it helped. Um, so... That was then our new next chapter and a journey that was challenging at times, but incredible at times. Um, so, yeah, for Angus, who's now almost six, we had three rounds of IVF, yeah, um, all stimulated cycles. All f fresh transfers or frozen? Well, it was interesting because the first cycle we did, um, we only got one we got, I think, nine uh, eggs mm -hmm. and then we had about, I don't know, five that fertilized. And then, as you know, they sort of progressively drop Dive. off. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we had one that got put in, which didn't work, and we had none to freeze. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty disheartening for the first go. Um, and then the second go, the IVF specialist, or it was actually the scientist, said to us, oh, look, you know, the sperm's looking even better than last time, so why don't we give, and the first cycle had been ICSI, where they inject the sperm into the egg, yeah, yeah. Um, so for the next cycle, they said, let's give natural IVF a go, and Ben and I were all for that because it was survival of the fittest, yeah. you know, the, the best sperm could get into the egg, and it might give us more hope. And then we got that dreaded call from the um, scientist after 24 hours of them being in the Petri dish together. And she said, I am so sorry. And I think that round we'd also had nine eggs. Yep. She said, not a single one of your eggs has fertilized. No and way. She, and she said, at least now we know. That's why after all that trying, all those awesome positions you did, nothing worked. 
I would be so oh. mad after going through all those needles and getting nothing. Oh, but and also four years before it as well. Oh, my gosh. It's almost oh, totally. sometimes a blessing being a same-sex couple because you don't really – like it doesn't matter how many positions we try either. <laughs> we are not going to be able to <laughs> – we're not going to be able to conceive naturally. But hetero couples, you know, are it's kind like of – It's like when do you make that call? Yeah, when do you make that call? You have to – you. You do find yourself going through years of trying naturally before you actually do make that call. Yeah, yeah that's right. And for us, they could then tell us it's unexplained infertility. Um, it's it was neither one of our faults, which was a really nice, reassuring yeah. thing to know. Like there was never a blame game. Mm. Um, you know, because when you're going through all this, the emotions are running high and it's a bit of a roller coaster and it'd be quite easy to say, oh, well, you know, it's your fault that I'm not falling pregnant or, yeah. you know, beat yourself up because it's your own, you think it's your own fault. Yeah. Um, so it was just a thing and we had to deal with it. Um, so they then said, if you like, at the end of this round, we could do a recovery ICSI. So what they did was they injected um, one of the eggs that, still looked okay and hadn't completely gotten too old um, and it did fertilize and they then said well we can't put it in but we'll freeze it for you we never really understood the theory I think they couldn't put it in because I had then passed the timing for it to be perfect oh, yeah. yep. so they froze it but they said we don't really recommend you putting it in unless it's a really last resort yeah. so right, for right. us we were like, well, what does that mean? It's a, is it a compromised embryo? Do we take a risk and then have some sort of, you know, yeah. issue with the the baby? So, long story short, that that embryo went on ice for probably I don't know five years. Um, five and years. And then uh, for five years, and we paid freezing fees and all of that, and then we eventually decided once we had Angus and Annabelle, that that could be defrosted and donated to science, not for someone else to use, but oh, for wow. them to study. Oh, um, right. so, so, yeah, that was what happened to that little Frosty. Um, wow. That's really interesting. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know, I didn't that, know you, that was an option. Wow. I mean, I, I think, I mean, it, it's always, I guess, an option to donate to science, but I didn't realise. So you made that, I mean, obviously not knowing Angus and Annabelle were coming in the future, you made that call then that that, that embryo no, would be no after no. That, that was at the point we said um, we can discard that egg or that embryo. They give you the option. They say, would you like it just to be thrown away, or would you oh, like to donate it to science? And we said yes. We'd love in some way to be able to help if you can learn anything from it, help other couples, and more than happy for it to be used that way. Yeah right. yeah, right. And so from that point, what was the 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 next sort of step after you knew that that little MB wasn't yeah, viable? So, so we, that took us to the third round that we did for trying for Angus. Um, and prior to that, I had actually had an operation um, having some endometriosis. I had a laparoscopy and I had mild to moderate endometriosis. 
Um, and as it happened, it was actually your IVF, um, second IVF specialist that performed that yeah, surgery yeah. Um, and removed it. And after that, it were, we then had, um, had Angus. So the third round we third did round. was successful. Oh wow. wow, that's incredible! So after it was, did you try almost like the next month after the procedure with the endometriosis, or did you wait a little bit? Yeah, uh, not long. We had sort of gone almost not back to back. It was month on month off, so it was all fairly quickly um, and sequential, and didn't really have much time off. Did so. they? Did they? Did you know you had endometriosis at the start of before you had done any rounds, or was that something that? after two failed rounds that they, you went and got some more tests done and they discovered it? Like when did that No, it was, it was never known that I had it. I mean, I didn't, a lot of people who have it get symptoms um, and I didn't really get very many symptoms and they, it was just a laparoscopy that they then, it's where they blow up your tummy full of gas and they put a microscope in and have a little look around in there and they were able to remove it at the same time they were doing the laparoscopy. So, wow. yeah, it was just once that was all cleaned up and removed, I guess, maybe yeah. it was something that helped. Yeah, yeah. right. And, um, was, and was Gussie fresh or frozen? He was fresh. Oh, little Gussie. <laughs> yeah. And so when when Angus was um, conceived, or I guess when we had the egg collection, there were only two eggs, which was a lot less than I'd previously had. Um, and they'd always, they'd used the same dosage for the three cycles. Um, so we were quite disheartened when they only got the two eggs. And then we thought, oh, you know, it's, there's no chance here. But like I said, and I think, Fee, you referred to it in your previous podcast, um, It's I think it's quality, not quantity. Yeah, you reassured me. He, yeah, I mean, he resulted in um, a wonderful baby boy and, you know, he's perfect in our eyes most of the time. <laughs> yeah, he is perfect. Has, has the occasional, occasional moment, but... Um, that's probably more to do with parenting style than anything else. Who knows? But so. this, this is sort of dating back, well, six. He, if Gussie's six. six, so this is dating back about six years ago, which IVF is sort of only in the last decade becoming more and more talked about. Did you have many friends going through IVF while you were doing this? This first sort of the beginning of this journey. Uh, we had quite a few who had been trying for a year, and they would then go and see a fertility specialist. And I think it happened to about three of them. And at that appointment, they then, or the next doctor's appointment, they found out they were pregnant. So they oh, didn't wow. need the the help. So, oh, yeah. that's another thing. When, <laughs> when you're going through IVF, like you're so thrilled for all your friends falling pregnant, but it's the hardest it's, thing in the world at the same time because really you're on this emotional roller coaster and all you want is to have a baby in your arms and you know, I've always been quite maternal and, you know, didn't really feel complete until I had my kids. And um, when you, you want it so badly and can't have it, it's so yeah. challenging. It's like you can, yeah, throughout my journey, it's just watching, it just feels like everyone around you is pregnant or has just announced or has just had a baby and it's just all you can see. I've never noticed so yeah. many prams in my life. <laughs> and pregnant bellies. I like know. You just see them 
everywhere. Yeah, and it's like, like, why can't I, I fall know. pregnant? Like I, I honestly, Sal, I was around when you were going through a lot of those attempts and I guess I just never understood. Like I knew it was really hard on you with, you know, when there was, when they didn't, when they were failures. Yeah. And I just, I now know how, how I that think feeling. until like, you go through it yourself, you will never uh, truly understand, understand, particularly the two-week wait, oh. how tricky and, you know, every twinge you feel, you think, oh, have I done something wrong? Yeah. Have I just dislodged, you know, the embryo? Has it fallen out? <laughs> and I, one, of my, one of my IVF specialists said, look, it's like a jam sandwich in there. Nothing's coming out. Once it's in, it's stuck right in the wall. Because I always used to think, surely after you've had the embryo put in, what if it just drains out? And I used to panic and think, shouldn't I be lying down? I know. And I always would go home like- and like lie on the couch and just be like, I'm just not going to move today. Even though they're like, you're fine. You can just like go about your business, but you just, yeah. you're just not sure. <laughs> no, gravity will take hold. <laughs> So after Gussie, how long after he was born did you kind of think, um, let's get on cracking with for another one? Well, the plan was as soon as he was six months, I was supposed to wean him, but he had a mind of his own and he just would not leave the boob until we were forced to wean. You were with us actually in Hawaii when I got really sick and I had to take some drugs and they said, whatever you do, don't breastfeed. So he was weaned at 11 months and that was when we got to start trying again for the next bub. And, um, it didn't happen naturally. We gave it probably, I'd say, two years of natural trying and oh, wow. nothing. So, or it was probably a bit less than that. It was probably more like a year yeah. um, because Angus was already 11 months. Then when he was two, I sort of started the next IVF journey. And we were still in Sydney at the time. And I had done, I think, six unsuccessful rounds. Um, and that was all stimulated cycles and we had various ranges of how many eggs we were getting, how many fresh, how many frozen. Um, Six I remember rounds, a lot. That is a yeah, lot. Were you doing of, them back to back or did you have breaks in between? Because if you did Usually back, a month off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Just to and let anybody if we had a really Exactly. Um, if we had a really important event, we'd sit out a month or yeah. something like that. But it was pretty, pretty quick. Um, and I was back at work as well. I think I'd gone from a three-day to four-day week and then eventually I was doing a compressed week, so five days in four, um, raising Angus, Angus at the same time and doing all that IVF. And after six rounds, I said to Ben, I said, look, I don't think I can do this anymore. I, I felt like I was starting to get all the symptoms from the back of the box not so much the physical ones. I never really got so much bloating or anything like that. It was more for me the mental. I was starting to feel a bit worthless and yeah. just, you know, my body, yeah, I wasn't wasn't across things the way I previously had been. Yeah. So I said, look, either we call it quits or we do something drastic and change our lives. And Ben said, well, I'm not ready to give up, so let's change our lives. And he said, um, why don't we you take a career break and we'll relocate so that it's not as expensive as Sydney and um, we can have another crack. Yeah, right. And yeah. so 
Yeah, the, Ben was lucky enough to get job offers in either a transfer to Canberra or Adelaide and nothing against Canberra, but we went down there for a couple of weekends and it was so dull. <laughs> we no offence to any spent... Canberra residents. <laughs> I, I love it. I think it's got such a buzz during the week, but Ben kept taking us down there on the weekend and he loved it midweek and, you know, all the people are down there going out Golf to the restaurants. But yeah. Yes, on the weekend, it's a ghost town and we were like hanging out in the hotel room going, this is cool. <laughs> so Adelaide was the was the chosen um, option for us and we had some good friends in Sydney who did an excellent sales pitch and they were the ones who called it Radelaide and we're like, it's stuck because it is so rad over here. We love it. <laughs> you sound and now so we're cool. doing the <laughs> we're doing the sales pitch back to them saying, Come on, move back to Adelaide now. You're done with Sydney, right? Oh, I love it. <laughs> so so yeah, we took that career break for me and moved across and we had actually left an embryo on ice in Sydney. Um I don't know why, but we did. And then we came to Adelaide and we did a round of IVF, which didn't work. Um, And then our IVF specialist here said, well, there's no point leaving the frozen embryo in Sydney. You might as well get it on a courier and um, we'll defrost it and pop it in. And so that was the next step. And little baby, well, there were actually two that were on ice. And one had been genetically tested and was normal. And the other one was an inconclusive genetic test. So the scientists decided, let's put both in um, because, you know, you've had so many failed attempts. And Ben and I were comfortable that if we had twins, we would love that. We'd finally get the three kids we always wanted. Um, But what we did slightly differently was we asked, the specialist, and this is going to sound very weird, um, to make sure I was vertical when he did the transfer as opposed to horizontal. When Angus's embryo Wait, so embryo you were standing was, up? No, uh, no. I was in... strapped into a, one of the beds, but they literally elevated my legs so high that you could almost say I was doing a headstand but strapped to the <sighs> yeah, bed. the other way around. I know, oh, the, vi- the visual's looking really weird. Um, <laughs> so many visuals. <laughs> But when Angus was put in, like we thought there was no chance that that was working because I was literally in that position. There was a med student with a massive spotlight, like looking down and there was the IVF specialist there as well. The lady who was bringing um, all the apparatus knocked everything off the bench. So it was like everything was falling to pieces. So like Angus was in and out of the incubator. We're ready. No, we're not. Yes, we're ready. Okay, bring it, bring it. So then eventually they transferred it, but they they laboured so hard to find the cervix and get it in exactly the right position. <laughs> Sounds that- like we're similar, Sal. They struggled to find my cervix too. I know. <laughs> One's I in know. the family. Oh my. It must be some sort of genetic thing. For me. It's like a maze up there or something. <laughs> well, the whatever, whatever. That's right. That's right. It's uh, well hidden for some reason. <laughs> and anyway, the spotlight did the trick, and they managed to get it in there. And <laughs> little Angus, Angus stuck in the jam sandwich, oh, so to speak. Oh my goodness! And 
then he started growing and I was pregnant. And what I think also helped, they'd given me the booster injections, which none of the other specialists had done. Um, I think it was progesterone that you have like a couple of days after as an injection. And I think that really helped to give me the boost of drugs and support the pregnancy. So I said to our Adelaide specialist, I said, I want to be um, vertical (laughs) um, and I want you to make sure I have that booster injection. And the combination of that, I don't know if that was key, but in my mind it was. Um, yeah. We can that, that strengthens the lining of your uterus, so it's more likely to kind of feed to the, take to maybe? take, and and it helps feed the. I mean, we're not scientists, but well, I think that's, that's no. What I did, a little, but that that progesterone made me go crazy. So, how did you, did it? Did you find? Did you struggle? Oh, it- it just made me cry at the drop of a hat. Mm. I remember FaceTiming a girlfriend um, on the other side of the world and I would just be a mess, like burst into tears because it was her birthday or because, you know, something (laughs) that did not warrant tears. But um, I'm sure Ben would also probably say I was a bit of an emotional roller coaster, but he was always so supportive, so I was very lucky. That's amazing. And you got the – and so obviously this this technique, like you said, you think it it works, but – if, if it yeah. if it wasn't just you know obviously if it hadn't taken which obviously it did but was there still at any point did you guys sit down before you know trying for Annabelle when you were in Adelaide did you say right we're going to do you know one round or two rounds or did you just think oh, we've had a fresh start here let's let's just see how far we yeah. can go yeah I think it was the latter, more of a fresh approach, fresh start. I was on a career break, so I had time to focus on um, falling pregnant and relaxing and, you know, just having some me time as much as possible with a boy, uh, a toddler, Angus, um, (laughs) (laughs) constantly with me, um, but definitely more relaxed and working a full-time job as well. So I do think... If you have an opportunity to try and de-stress a little bit, for me, I think that could have also helped and played part in it. I mean, I remember before you guys left for Adelaide, you know, you're in Sydney, you were kind of, you're at a a point where you were like looking to buy a home, but you had that, you couldn't really buy one until you knew how many kids you had. So you were kind of in this bit of limbo and you were like, it was a pretty stressful time for you. And, And I think... I guess, like, I think that you your story is a perfect example of the way stress and anxiety can really interfere with fertility because, you know, once once those factors were removed, once you, like, had moved to Adelaide and, look, Adelaide's a big country town, there's no stress, everything's a bit cheaper, you know. That's right. You can get everywhere in in 10 minutes. Here comes the sales pitch. (laughs) (laughs) There's the hills, the wineries. We're we're not moving just yet. <laughs> Give it time. We Give might. Give it time. <laughs> Sydney's expensive. You will. You, yeah. you will. <laughs> but yeah, I think like it, it definitely, definitely. Like I even know, you know, I had off my month of happiness, and I in between my cycles, and that definitely, I think, was really beneficial to me to just really take time out and focus on mm-hmm. de-stress being just happy doing everything like I was eating cake every day and loving it it was great (laughs) (laughs) sales approach is a little bit different you you eat cake and she moves to Adelaide (laughs) you gotta do what you gotta do 
That's... I thought when you asked me in that text what you should be eating, didn't I say lots of pineapple and whole foods and leafy greens? <laughs> no, she's gone the polar. <laughs> she's literally gone the opposite. I definitely no. didn't mention cake. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just during my month of happiness. Like it was just okay, an addition of cake. I definitely the month had. Of happiness is stuck around though. <laughs> Definitely was eating a lot of pineapple and leafy greens (laughs) as well. Oh, good. So exciting that obviously you've had two beautiful children, um, but, I mean, you don't have to obviously give us an exact price tag, but, you know, looking back now, what do you think uh, you roughly spent getting your, your two little bundles? Yeah, it's a, a good question. And when you add in the cost of herbs and acupuncture and all the little add-ons mm. and extras that you, you throw into the mix, I was chatting to Ben and I said, oh, it's got to be north of 50 grand. And he said, oh, try 70. So, wow. I, you know, it, it's up there, like 60 or 70. We're not quite sure, but it was it was a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. But, it is so, so expensive, and I just feel for like obviously you went through it was nine, ten rounds in total, and to yep. have spent you know close to, you know over at least over you know sixty odd grand to get there, you know the financial strain. You know you're obviously trying not to be stressed, and you're trying obviously you know for a baby, and then the added financial strain. Did that yeah, ever play I a think part? I- I think we were quite lucky in that we both had good professional jobs that afforded us to do the IVF we, we needed to do to get there. So I don't think financially it added so much pressure. I think it was more just the day-to-day stresses of life. And, you know, once we had Angus, it was having him and he he is the, a joy of our life and love him to bits, but he didn't sleep through the night until he was oh, yeah. about four Oh my um, goodness. He didn't eat anything other than a yellow diet until he was probably three and a half. Or yeah, maybe I'm being too generous, maybe four. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he came with his own challenges and was really broken through that lately. He's had some broccoli for dinner and oh, some spinach so wrapped pleased. with cheese. And, you know, he's, he's not iron deficient anymore. So oh. that's a, a win. <laughs> that is a but win. Yeah, that was really stressful. And I think. They were more the challenges we were faced with and, you know, taking work home at the end of the day and not being able to switch off and relax. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think especially for women these days, because we, we're not expected to be in the workforce, but people sort of think once you've had a baby, you should really get back to your career. So for me, and I didn't want to be out of the workforce for too long, um, but it just, it does make it harder to to be stress-free when you're being a mum and yeah. someone Juggling in the work. workforce. Yeah. 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 That's It's incredible that you obviously push through that and, and to succeed in, a, in getting little Annabelle. It's amazing. Um, if, you, if you had your time again, would you do anything differently, do you think? Uh, I think I would have been a bit more bold and tried to tell the IVF specialist once we knew sort of what had worked for Angus, I should have probably said, make sure I'm vertical and give me that progesterone because I did ask for it once, but they said, oh, no, that's not the technique we use. Um, so I think I would have been a bit more forceful about that. Yeah, And yeah. that's another benefit of Adelaide. People listen to you and, you know, <laughs> they, they <laughs> the were willing to again. give that a go. <laughs> again. <laughs> I'm going to get it in as many times as I can. Oh, <laughs> gosh. 
I think that's probably all I would have done differently and, you know, no regrets. Um, we've got our two beautiful kids now and mm. we're thrilled. Well, we actually threw it out there to the Insta- our Instagram community um, if they had any questions for our first guest. Um, so I've got some questions here um, that we'd like to ask. If that's okay if with that's you, okay. Sal. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hit me with them. All right. <laughs> So how do you deal with the disappointment when an IVF cycle doesn't work? Um, chocolate help, <laughs> wine help. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's for me having been being so supportive the whole journey um, was invaluable. I know that some people undertake the journey as a single, hope, hoping to be a single parent and, you know, my I take my hat off to them because – it is one of the biggest roller coasters you'll ever go on and you know you can face disappointment after disappointment and it really is challenging so having a, a strong support network um, yeah. i think is a real benefit and for me i i didn't bottle it up it helped me to tell friends what we were going through so most all our friends and family knew that we were on the journey and because you do get a lot of questions as well oh yeah. why don't you have kids yet and that sort of thing like well it's not because for the lack of wanting or trying <laughs> yes. you were trying so, <laughs> so we know we were definitely trying <laughs> having uh, fun at the same time uh, <laughs> well one of you was <laughs> Ben's running away <laughs> Um, so another one, someone else asked, uh, second opinions, good idea or just keep plugging away? I guess that means... Second opinions with your fertility. fertility I, I guess. So yeah. I guess, yeah, what you've already told us, like, yeah, definitely Absolutely. kind of stand up and... Second opinions, um, really important. If you're not having success after, I would say, three rounds with one specialist, I'd try a different one just because we've tried multiple um, and, you know, it can be a numbers game as well. It's it, Having a pregnancy, to me, it's a mix of luck, you know, a miracle yeah. um, and science yeah. for us because, yeah. you know, we it wouldn't have happened for us without science. So we are so thankful that we're in this day and age. And I know that my godmother tried um, you know, a long, long time ago to have children and they did over 10 rounds. Um, how many years ago would it be, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and, you know, without success. So we are just so fortunate to be able to have our two children. Yeah, I know. And the science we have today, I mean, I'm sure it was good back then, but it would obviously, this today's science would... so, yeah, so far ahead now. So far ahead, yeah. Okay, another question. What do they? What do you do pre-transfer to get ready mentally and physically? Mentally, um, you just try and everyone tells you to relax. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yes. Easier. The number of times people said to me, oh, just relax, just relax, <laughs> just relax. I just want to punch you in the face. I was so <laughs> fed up. I said, do you know what? I don't get much more relaxed than this. I'm a pretty chilled person most of the time <laughs> and I am super chilled. So just shove that relaxed up, you know. <laughs> I know. It's um, so annoying. You're like, oh, it's my gosh. so annoying. If you knew what I was and going through, you wouldn't. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's obviously yeah. people are just trying to give some advice, but then you at the same time, I'm like, I get it. We're trying to relax. Yeah, we could not I be know, more zen if so, we tried. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I I 
drank, you know, a bit of green tea. I, you were doing you know, like, uh, really doing acupuncture I did, in the lead up? I did do some acupuncture um, sporadically. I wouldn't say I ever did it the day of a transfer or anything like that. Um, and to me, I, I really don't know. There's mixed views as to whether it helps or not. Mm. I'm sure everything helps in its own way. Yeah. Um, and if it relaxes someone, then fantastic. Yep, I say it can't hurt. Um, but I, I, I felt like I'd had enough needles. Did I really need to inflict more <laughs> torture and pain and like twisting and really ramping them up? I was yeah. like, oh gosh, not again. I know. So acupuncture is just doesn't really relax me. Yeah. Um, again, my friend in the family, I think you're the same yeah, thing. I'm, look, <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. I love it. I, I, I did it dutifully um, and, yeah. You did it with a smile sometimes. Oh, yeah. Not many smiles. <laughs> Not many smiles. You and did. the herbs. Oh, my gosh. Gross. Uh, I did do the herbs once <laughs> um, and – when I worked out, they had like ground up horse hoofs and chicken Oh my gosh, don't tell her that. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> oh my true. gosh. You, you I go would love to, to know what's in them. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they they taste like mud. They were so bad. Oh. Um, so I did that for a month, spent a small fortune on them and then decided, no, that wasn't for me either. Um yeah, so I think it's just I would just relax by a pool or whatever, yeah. whatever I could do just to chill out. I guess yeah. it's that's the thing. You just you find something that do, like everyone finds different ways to relax, and it's about finding what does relax you. So yeah. if, you know, obviously for some it would be acupuncture, but for yourself, you're saying laying by a pool and you know yeah reading a book did you because yeah. my sister sal is like she's like a little fitty she's quite small and petite and fit and has always been a runner whereas myself and my elder sister are different physiques and different <laughs> athletic prowess um you know <laughs> we i try and exercise on the reg but <laughs> throughout this whole period of fertility i sort of put my training on the back burner just because I was really scared and I didn't want to compromise anything. And so I just went, started doing walks. But I mean, Sal, you've always been like a runner and really quite fit and doing stuff. What did, what did, throughout your fertility journey, what was your, how did you go about with training and stuff? Yeah, that was, that was a tricky one for me because I didn't want to do anything that would jeopardize yeah. not falling pregnant or jeopardize falling pregnant. Yeah. So when someone told me you can't elevate your core, core body temperature, I thought to myself, well, that means no running. So I basically stopped running for all the IVF years, um, which was hard because, you know, that's kind of one of my outlets and mm. that's how I – Stay mentally fit, I think. Yeah. So not just physically, but mentally fit. Um, so instead of that, I took up Pilates, and obviously not the most physical and strenuous type, but more the relaxation mm. Pilates um, and some yoga. And then I would do a lot of long walks. Mm-hmm. Um, still fairly brisk, but I would just make sure that I wasn't overdoing it. Um, and for me, that was a good combination and. Yeah, I I was happy with that. 
One final question that I have to ask. Will you be trying for a third? Please say yes. <laughs> I would love, absolutely love a third. But I turned 40 in June and I'm afraid unless it happens naturally within the next few months, it's going to be a no <laughs> because there will be no more IVF. Uh, we have our pigeon pair and we are so thrilled. We've got yeah. two happy, healthy kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no more drugs. Yeah, fair enough. Fair Look, enough. I feel like you've been through the fertility ringer with everything Absolutely. but it was all worth it like at the end of the day you have your two beautiful miracles and as we hard do. as every journey is and every round is at the end of the day you know you're so blessed and so lucky to have successfully had two bubs and two beautiful children yeah. that's right it was all worth it. Yeah. It sounds they absolutely are the dream. They are the absolute dream. Two little <laughs> drops of heaven. So can't wait to post photos. I know. All see <laughs> spam our gram. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Sal. We really appreciate your time, and hopefully, oh, we can come, having me. come visit you guys in Adelaide soon. We're not living there just yet. Just <laughs> confirming that we are not moving there just <laughs> yet. But we might come and go to a winery or two. Definitely coming for yeah, a winery. Absolutely. <laughs> We can't wait for your next visit. Thank you so much for your time, Sal. Really appreciate it. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. So that was my sister, Sal. I hope you all enjoyed our very first interview and got something out of it. It was a wonderful chat. I really enjoyed that. I actually learned a lot. I learned a lot about their intimate life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she's going to let Ben... I think Ben is going to hunt her down. (laughs) I was like, oh, oversharing. No. No, I love it. I love it so much. It's great. We are a family of oversharers, as you can very well tell. Such a wonderful chat. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of What the IVF. Please love, like, subscribe and rate and review our podcast. All the things. All the things. And if you haven't already followed us on Instagram, we are at What the IVF podcast. So give us a follow and have a chat to us on there too. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Bye.